Welcome back to Catholic Doctrine Bible Study. This is session 138. I'm your host, Jim Hawk. excited to tell you that now we are going to begin looking at the Old Testament. So uh, the first 137 sessions we talked about the New Covenant, the New Testament, and now we're going to examine uh, the Old Testament and some of the covenants there. So you, your first question might be, uh, you know, why do we even have to study the Old Testament? Because wasn't that abrogated by the New Testament and the coming of Christ? And the answer is the Old Testament is very useful to us because it gives us a more complete story of the Genesis, no pun intended, of uh, our relationship as human beings with God. And we will see that it presents God as being very loving and very caring towards his people, though his people many times um, do things that, uh, that they shouldn't be doing. Um, it has been said that what has been concealed in the Old Testament is revealed in the New Testament. So if you want to think of it in terms of a television series, perhaps the Old Testament might be considered a prequel to the New Testament. But we will see in our studies that the longing of the people of God in the Old Testament for a Savior is consistent with our own longing today for a Savior. And... Um, so there, there is a distinct connection between uh, the love of God in the Old Testament and the love of God for us in, in uh, today's times and in the times of the New Testament. Now, you're going to see some pretty weird things in this Old Testament, things that are going to make you scratch your head a little bit and say, whoa, I didn't know this was in here. Or you, uh, you, you might see things in a different way than, um, you know, it, it almost seems, uh, if one doesn't uh, think about it too much, it almost seems that God has a different character in the Old Testament than in the New Testament. That is not true, and we will see it. So trust me on this one, and when we get to the individual stories, the individual accounts, um, you, you see if I'm, if I'm not right. So anyway, it is the story of salvation. The Old Testament is a story of the people of the family of God, right? And there's some ugly stuff in there. But think of your own family. Uh, let's assume for the moment that you love your family. Well, if you wrote down a lot of things that happened while you were growing up, if, if you were complete enough in your story writing, uh, you, there are probably a number of things where, you know, you might have written down that your parents were real mean to you, etc. And uh, perhaps now as an adult, you look back and you see, well, gee, I guess I needed a little correction there. So things might be kind of harsh at times, described in a harsh manner. But uh, stick with me and we'll see if we can't make sense of all of that as we study the, uh, the individual 
uh, accounts of the Old Testament. Um, now, uh, one one thing that we need to cover before we get into the text, and I don't think we'll get into the text today, is the way that truth is taught in the Old Testament, and the further you go back, uh, uh, you know, the, that difference between the way that truth was taught in that day and in this day is radically different. For example, people didn't write down a lot back, you know, a couple of thousand years before Christ, right? So they would typically pass on the truth uh, from generation to generation by means of telling stories, okay? And those stories may be literally true or they may contain a truth to pass along, uh, you know, something to, to live by um, that may have not been literally true. So one problem that we have when we study the Bible is we, we, we uh, try to uh, put God in a box. And there are two kinds of boxes that we try to put God in, both of which are wrong when we are studying scripture. And uh, we'll certainly see this in the first few chapters of uh, the, our first book that we're going to look at next time, or one of the times nearby, Genesis. And, and that is, some people will read about the earth being made in, in uh, six days, and they will come to one conclusion that, oh, the Bible can't be right because science tells us that the that uh, Earth was made, you know, through an evolutionary process that took billions and billions of years. Okay, uh, another group of people might look at the same passages in Genesis that we'll get to and say the world was made in in six uh, six days, and they'll say, okay, so if the Bible says it. It must be right. It must be six literal days. And if you don't believe that the Bible or the, the earth was made in six literal days, then you're calling God a liar and you're really not a Christian. Okay. Both of those extreme ways of looking at scripture are wrong. Okay. As always, we go to the church for what uh, can be understood about the Bible. But before we get to that, I want to just say parenthetically that the authors of Scripture did not intend to write a science book. The authors of Scripture did not intend to write a history book. The authors of Scripture attempted to show God's relationship with man and how we are in need of a Savior and how God loves us, okay? So, uh, you will run into many skeptics out there. I mean, this is, a, this is a book on Catholic doctrine, Bible study. And so you're going to run into both types of errors that, that I just mentioned. And so you need to be able to, to deal with that. And the way to deal with that is, as always, to look to the church the one church that was founded by Christ, given the keys to the kingdom and the power to bind and loose, that is to say, make interpretations of scriptures, and, uh, you know, given the keys to the kingdom. As uh, you've heard me say before, 
Um, the church was given through Peter, was given the keys to the kingdom, Matthew chapter 16, verses 17 through 20. And uh, I was given the keys to a Toyota. So uh, I'm not going to speak for myself, but I will speak for the church. So is the Bible true? Okay, I would refer you, write this down. Um, to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, which incidentally every good Catholic family should own a copy of because you can look up doctrine along the way. It's great. Uh, I would refer you to the Catholic, uh, Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 107 regarding is the Bible true? And I don't like to read things, but this is just a paragraph. Uh, read things to you. This is just a paragraph. Paragraph 107, Catechism of the Catholic Church. The inspired books teach the truth. And then it has a quote from D.A. Verbum, D-E-I, new word, V-E-R-B-U-M. It was part of Vatican II. So it's a it's part of, a, you know, what you can look up. Uh, D.A. Verbum, part 11. And here's what that says. Since, therefore, all that the inspired authors or sacred writers affirm should be regarded as affirmed by the Holy Spirit, we must acknowledge that the books of Scripture firmly, faithfully, and without error teach the truth which God, here's the key point, for the sake of our salvation, wished to see confided to the Holy Scripture. So if somebody says, do you believe that the Bible is true? I would say unequivocally, yes, everything in the Bible is true. Now, there's a nuance here. Is everything in the Bible literally true? And I would say, uh, perhaps not. But I'm not going to put God in a box. So in other words, if I find out um, on Judgment Day, that God really made the world in six literal 24-hour days, I'll say, okay, great. Alternately, if I find out conclusively that God really made the world in over millions and millions and millions of years of an evolutionary process, uh, and and that that was kind of a that the six days of creation was was kind of an allegory for that, I'll say, great, I believe that too. So uh, there are some things, and when we get to the Genesis, get into Genesis, I'll tell you what you must believe as a Catholic, uh, for that matter, as a Christian, um, about the creation account as one example. But we must remember that the writers, particularly in in the Old Testament, you know, they wrote in a different style than we might write today. We are used to, at least for people of my age, I'm 60, almost 63 as I record this, we're used to newspaper accounts where it's like who, what, when, where, why, how, just the facts, right? Well, uh, many of the Old Testament authors of the various books wrote using prose, using poetry, um, at, at set, using stories to tell the truth, uh, you know, of, of salvation history. So, uh, again, they did not attempt to, uh, to give a scientific account as to how the world began. Now, this troubled me a little bit when I was in high school because, you know, Monday through Friday, I would go to science classes 
And they would explain this evolutionary theory that, uh, you know, that uh, the earth took millions of millions and millions of years to make. But then on Sunday, we would learn many times that the earth was made in six days. And that seemed to be a contradiction to me. Don't let it be a contradiction to you. Because as we said, this is not, a, the author is not trying to teach you science. He's not trying to teach you history. He's trying to teach you how God desires a relationship with you. If you don't believe that now, trust me. And, and when we get into the Genesis account, you will see for yourself. Um, to be sure, the Catholic Church has declared that science and uh, religion, or science and, and true religion, rather, science and, and the church cannot be at odds, okay? That is why I say, if I find out, uh, you know, however, definitively on Judgment Day or whatever, if I ask God and he feels like ask, answering my question, uh, how he exactly and how long it took him to make the world, uh, it's not going to change my faith one way or the other. God is God. He can do anything he wants. He could have made the world in six nanoseconds or six trillion years. It matters not to me. Uh, but as again, a spoiler alert, uh, in a session or two, when we get to Genesis, we will talk about uh, what the author did want us to know about creation from God's standpoint. And that is all true, as the uh, paragraph that I just mentioned, paragraph 107 says, uh, of the Catechism, says, all scripture is true for the sake of our salvation. Okay, so I wanted to uh, spend a little time on that because you will get questions as you discuss your faith with others. You know, how can you believe in a Bible that says that the world was made in six days or has errors and all that sort of thing? And um, so, um, anyway, be aware of, of that. Uh, also, recognize that, um, you know, there are allegories in, in the Bible, right? There are, there are stories that contain a timeless truth, and we will look at some of those next time. Uh, there are stories that contain a timeless truth that were just as true, uh, during the time of the, uh, the patriarchs of the Old Testament as they are today. That is to say, man is rebellious, okay? God is ever-loving, ever-forgiving, ever-guiding, but man rebels. And because of that, man sometimes does it to himself and gets in a lot of trouble there. So, um, I'm wondering what else we should talk about um, in, in this session. I'm thinking that another thing to, to mention is be aware of the senses of Scripture. Uh, remember, we talked uh, several times in, in the uh, when we were studying the New Testament. There is the literal sense of Scripture. What do the what do the literal words on the page mean? So, if I write you a letter and I say it was raining cats and dogs last night, okay, the literal meaning of that would be that there are felines and canines falling out of the sky, right? Then. 
another sense of scripture is what would that have meant to the people who it was initially addressed to? And they would, of course, say, okay, I get it. It wasn't really raining uh, felines and canines. You were just saying it rained, it was raining really hard. Okay. Uh, what does it mean to us today? Okay. Uh, how do we apply that through our own experience and, and culture? Okay. And then what are we supposed to do with this information? And I would submit that all of the stories that we're going to look at in the Bible, whether you want to believe that they are literally true or whether you want to believe that some of them are allegories, etc. And by the way, as a Catholic, you are free to do either one. So uh, the Catholic Church has not defined, for the most part, any scriptures. Well, there's a few verses, which some of which we've already covered. But uh, so you are free uh, as a Catholic to, um, you know, to have an understanding of either the literal sense or the allegorical. But I would caution you of, of uh, going too far in each direction. In, in other words, either saying God had to have done it this way because that's the way it was written or alternately God couldn't have done it that way. Okay, both senses bad. Okay, and again, uh, uh, so the, the faith was passed down orally for the most part, uh, particularly in early times, um, in stories that may be literally true, but are always true about the relationship between God and man. And I think I will leave it at that for now. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Dear Lord, we thank you for your word. And we thank you that it is a timeless word. So that what was true about your relationship with man uh, thousands and thousands of years ago is still true today. And we will be enriched as we study the stories, even of these ancient characters and events, because they will allow us to see you more clearly, how you dealt with them, and how you continue to deal with us in a similar manner. So guide us as we begin our study of the Old Testament uh, and uh, help it to um, bring us to an even better relationship with you. We ask this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.